Would you pray with me once more? Father, thank you so much that in the midst of a world that is reeling and rocking with sin, the curse is so obvious in the world in which we live, the brokenness that is all around us. We thank you that even when we look inside of our own families and lives, that brokenness is still there, but that as we gaze upward and outward, we look and we see right in the center of human history forever set there, which is the wonderful cross of Jesus Christ that assures us of hope and that the final word has not yet been spoken. Thank you that there will come a day and when Jesus himself will drink that cup anew with us in his Father's kingdom, and we will sit around that great marriage feast. And we pray that until that day, you would keep us hopeful and joyful. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Would you turn with me back to the little letter of Philemon? If you're using a few Bible, it's page 1000, right before the letter to the Hebrews. And as Pastor Ted said, I am going to spend a few moments in this letter again with you. And uh, it is amazing in God's providence that when you, you know, you fall on a text and you have to, for instance, give a Lord's Supper meditation or a communion meditation, that you see things that God has so obviously put there and uh, you don't have to invent a topic. I don't have to come up with a new text. It was right here. And I hope to show you uh, what I think the Lord has helped me to see Uh, from verses 8 to 18. If you remember last week, we just took the first seven verses and talked about the theme of preparing for forgiveness and that the whole idea in Paul in writing these first seven verses to uh, Philemon, one of his fellow workers and Christians that, um, that he knew, was to encourage him with the content of the gospel, what the gospel was, to encourage him with what the gospel had done in his life already, and to call upon him the claim of the gospel, which was to live consistently with what he professed, especially in his relationship to Onesimus, whom we talked about last week was a slave that obviously had some sort of relational conflict that separated him from Philemon for a time, and Paul is now seeking to bring them back together and reconcile them. And this week, I want us to pick up with the main body of the story in verse 8 and take us all the way to verse 18. So let's read those verses verses 8 to 18, and then we'll uh, make our way through the text. Verse 8, Accordingly, though I am bold enough in Christ to command you to do what is required, which is forgive Onesimus, yet for love's sake, I prefer to appeal to you. I, Paul, an old man, and now a prisoner also for Christ Jesus, I appeal to you for my child Onesimus, whose father I became in my imprisonment. Formerly, he was useless to you, but now he is indeed useful to you and to me. I am sending him back to you, sending my very heart. I would have been glad to keep him with me in order that he might serve me on your behalf during my imprisonment for the gospel, but I prefer to do nothing without your consent in order that your goodness might not be by compulsion, but of your own free will." For this perhaps is why he was parted from you for a while, that you might have him back forever, 
no longer as a slave, but more than a slave, as a beloved brother, especially to me, but how much more to you, both in the flesh and in the Lord. So if you consider me your partner, receive him as you would receive me. If he has wronged you at all or owes you anything, charge this to my account. Well, three points I want to, I want to make from this text tonight. And let me just give you my big theme before I give you those points. Um, the, the main theme of this text is how does forgiveness happen? How does the horizontal aspect of forgiveness, one Christian forgiving another Christian for a sin against them, how does all that happen? How does it work out? And I want us to look at that under three roles. We have the role of Onesimus, who is the sinner. He has sinned against Philemon. We have, secondly, the role of Philemon, the one who has been sinned against. And then we have the role of Paul, who is serving as sort of a mediator between Onesimus and Philemon. So we're going to look at those three roles and talk about how horizontal forgiveness happens and how vertical forgiveness happens as well. Both horizontal forgiveness between Christians and vertical forgiveness between us and God. So first, the role of Onesimus. What is Onesimus's responsibility as before God as the one who has sinned so grievously against Philemon? What do we learn from this text that is Onesimus's responsibility? Now remember Onesimus is a slave. We don't exactly know what has happened in order to cause this rift, this disagreement, this problem. Uh, some commentators suspect that Onesimus was a runaway slave who had stolen money from Philemon. That could be. We don't know that for certain. It could be also that Onesimus was actually going to Paul to seek to reconcile a problem that he and Philemon had, had already had. That's been what some com- like commentator like Douglas Moo would, would put forward and others who are, who are thinking in these days. But we can't know for certain. But one thing we do know for certain, something's happened. Something has happened between Onesimus, this Christian, and Philemon, this Christian, and Paul is seeking to reconcile their problem. So what is the responsibility or the role of Onesimus in all this? I think we get the answer in verses 10 through 14, and here's the answer. Onesimus' responsibility as the sinner, as the one who has committed the wrong, is to repent and return to Philemon. It is to repent and return to Philemon. Notice verse 10. I appeal to you for my child, Onesimus, whose father I became in my imprisonment. Now, I take that to mean that Onesimus became a Christian at that point. Somehow, he came into contact with the Apostle Paul, and he became a Christian through that. So, evidently, possibly, when he left Philemon, he was not yet a Christian. But he came into contact with the Apostle Paul, who preached the gospel to him. Somehow he came into contact in prison, because that's where Paul is, and became a Christian. And now Paul is sending Onesimus back. But notice the key thing. There has been a fundamental change in Onesimus. He has become a Christian. He has been converted. Paul says that he is now his father, and he pleads for Onesimus, his child. Now, it's not his physical child. It's his spiritual child. Paul uses this language in 1 Thessalonians and other places to describe his spiritual children, those whom have come to faith in Christ through him. 
And then he says in verse 11, formerly he, that is Onesimus, was useless to you, but now he is indeed useful to, me, to you and to me. Now, I may have mentioned this last week, but the, the word useless and useful is actually a play on words. The word Onesimus means useful. And Paul is actually kind of drawing a little bit of irony here that until he became a Christian, he was relatively useless. That's kind of a harsh thing to say. But it's true. Fundamentally, we are, we, are, we are not useful to anybody until we are rightly related to God. Formerly, he was useless to you, but now he is indeed useful to you and to me because now he is a Christian. And then Paul says, I am sending him back to you, sending my very heart. I would have been glad to keep him with, here, with me here, but I prefer to go ahead and send him back. So the role of Onesimus as the sinner is to repent and to return. Now let me make two applications. First of all, the horizontal dimension and the vertical dimension. The horizontal dimension is this, is that if presently, right now, or if in the future should this happen, that you sin against a brother or sister, a fellow Christian, you wrong them in some way. You say something critical or mean, or you gossip about them, or you slander their reputation, or you just do something loveless toward them, or whatever it may be. You violate something in Scripture that God would call you to be as a Christian to other Christians. Your responsibility is to repent before God and to them and return to them and seek their forgiveness. That is the horizontal dimension of forgiveness of the person who has sinned. But this is, of course, what we must do all to God, because we are all Onesimus, aren't we? Before God, we are all those who have sinned greatly against God. We have wronged him, and we need to seek his forgiveness. We need to repent and to return to God. So that's the role of Onesimus as the sinner, to repent and to return. Secondly, what is the role of Philemon? The role of Philemon. Well, we get the answer in verses 15 to 17, and his responsibility is to receive and restore. To receive and restore. So Onesimus' responsibility is to repent and return as the sinner. Philemon's responsibility as the one who has sinned against is to receive Onesimus back and restore him to his previous status, and even a higher status, as we're going to see, since he is now a Christian and a brother of Philemon. Notice with me verse 15. For this perhaps is why he was parted from you for a while, that you might have him back forever. No longer as a slave, but more than a slave, as a beloved brother, especially to me, but how much more to you, both in the flesh and in the Lord. So if you consider me your partner... Receive him as you would receive me. That's Paul's clear, clear desire for this letter, is that this letter being sent from a Roman prison would reach Philemon and would result in the reconciliation of Onesimus and Philemon. He wants Philemon to, be received, he wants Philemon to receive Onesimus the very same way that he, he would want himself to be received by Philemon if he were to show up on his door the next day. The Apostle Paul were to show up on the doorstep of Philemon, he would want, if, if he opened that door and saw Onesimus instead, he would want Philemon to see Paul and not Onesimus and receive him, to welcome him back into his life. You can imagine if you were Philemon how, how difficult this could be, it's depending on how deep the wrong was and how deep the wound was. 
And Paul is saying, I want you to wipe it all away. I want you to forgive him. I want you to receive him. And not just as a slave, but as a brother. I want you not just to receive him back into your household as a slave who works for you, but as a brother who's part of your spiritual family, whom you relate to as a Christian. And notice in verse 15 how Paul just steps back and says, you know why this might have happened? God is up to something, Philemon. It is perhaps God has wanted to teach you something, and this is why this whole situation has unfolded. God is always behind the scenes doing things in the midst of relational conflict among Christians. God is doing something in, the, in Onesimus and in Philemon. For all we know, he might have used the situation in Onesimus to convert him. And he's going to use this in Philemon to make him more like Jesus and to teach him more about every good thing he, 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 he has in Christ, as we saw in verse 6 last week. So Paul is desirous of seeing Philemon receive and restore Onesimus. And brothers and sisters, this must be our posture toward each other should we be the person who has sinned against. We should not desire vindication. We should not desire to get that person back and make them pay for their sin by withholding forgiveness from them and punishing them. We should rather restore them, welcome them, seek to embrace them, and offer free and full forgiveness to them. That is our responsibility as the one sinned against. Now, let me say something here about uh, Philemon's posture here. It would seem that Philemon is somewhat passive in all this, right? Um, You know, he's just kind of waiting for Onesimus to come back. And if you know Matthew 5, it calls upon us as Christians, whether we're sinned, whether we've done the sinning or we've been sinned against, to pursue reconciliation. It says if you have a gift, like say you're going to the Lord's table, and you have sinned against a brother, or in fact Jesus says if someone has sinned against you, then you are to go to that person, reconcile yourself with them before offering your gift. That's the urgency of this matter. So even if you're going to the Lord's table tonight, and there's some bitterness or unresolved conflict between one brother or sister in this church, you need to get that taken care of. You really need to get that taken care of. Now, ideally, that would happen before you even go to the table tonight. But if that's not possible, maybe that person's not here tonight. But in your heart, before God tonight, forgive that person. Seek to deal redemptively with your own heart, to not get bitter, and then make it your A1 priority tomorrow morning to get on the phone and contact that person and seek to be reconciled to that brother or sister. But going back to what I said about Philemon seeming to be passive here, I don't think he's being passive. I think it's reached a point where Paul has to get involved. I think it was Philemon's responsibility to seek to reconcile himself to Onesimus, and he's not behaved like a Christian should. And so Paul's had to come along as his spiritual leader and say, Philemon, come on. Come on. You know better than this. You know how God has treated you in Christ, and you need to seek to uh, be reconciled to your slave, Onesimus. So that's the role of Onesimus, to repent and return, the role of Philemon to receive and restore. But we have a third person involved in this whole situation, don't we? We have an apostle. We have Paul. What is Paul's responsibility in this conflict between Onesimus and Philemon? Well, before I get there, let me just say this regarding uh, the role of Philemon. When we repent 
and we return to God, does he or does he not receive and restore us immediately? Yes. And so we should behave the same way if we've been sinned against. If that person comes repentant, sorry for their sin, seeking to be reconciled, which Onesimus obviously was, he was desiring to be reconciled to Philemon, then to not receive and restore them completely is to contradict the very gospel we claim to to have saved us. So thirdly, finally, the role of Paul. What is his responsibility? Well, two more R's. We've seen Onesimus repent and return, Philemon receive and restore, and finally, the role of Paul is to reconcile and repay. To reconcile and repay, and we see that, first of all, in verses 8 and 9, right at the beginning of our text. Would you look there with me? Accordingly, though I am bold enough in Christ to command you to do what is required, yet for love's sake I prefer to appeal to you. I, Paul, an old man and now a prisoner also for Christ Jesus, I appeal to you for my child Onesimus. So the first thing he does is appeal. He pleads out of love for Philemon to receive the repentant Onesimus who is returning to him. Now, I love the Apostle Paul and the way he goes about doing this here. He could, and he admits that in verse 8, he could, he says, I'm bold enough, and I have the right as an apostle of Jesus Christ to come to you and say, Philemon, you receive him right now. He could do that. (laughs) That is perfectly consistent with his biblical right to say that because Jesus says that. You need to do that. But he knows that's not the best way to win Philemon's heart. He does this over and over again. He doesn't lord it over the sheep. He doesn't gird them with some sort of iron rod and beat them down into submission so they'll obey Jesus. Rather, he appeals to their heart and says, listen, on the basis of love, for love's sake, do this. Because of God's love for you, because of your love for Christians that has been so obvious in your life, which I've spent the last three verses talking about. I've seen this, seen this, seen this. Your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, your love for all the saints, all these things that you, you, you have been this way, keep being this way. And he just appeals to him. Now, next week, Lord willing, I want us to look at more about these incentives, because that's one of the beautiful things of this, of this text is how Paul gives incentives to forgive and reasons we ought to be so forgiving. And that's what I'm going to come back to next week as we wrap up Philemon. But just for this, for this sermon, his, his, his first role is to plead, to plead and appeal to Onesimus, or uh, sorry, appeal to Philemon for Onesimus, so to be reconciled to each other. He's pleading. Second of all, he is willing to absorb the debt himself and pay back any wrong that Onesimus has done against Philemon. We notice that right in verse 18. If he has wronged you at all or owes you anything, charge that to my account. Paul doesn't have anything. He's sitting in jail. And all he says is, I'm going to need a credit card for this one. (laughs) Charge that to my account. I, Paul, write this with my own hand. I will repay it. What a loving, loving pastor he is. I, he said, I will go so far to see you right, to see this wrong right. Onesimus doesn't even have to repay it. I'll repay it because I want you to be reconciled so bad. I want you to be brought back together so bad that I will absorb the debt 
Now, who does that sound like? Paul is behaving so much like the Jesus we come to remember tonight. He is acting as a mediator, seeking to reconcile two offended parties, which is exactly what Jesus Christ does for us. God, the offended, the one who has been sinned against, the Philemon in this situation, who is willing to receive and restore all who come to him, meets all of us Onesimuses who need to repent and return to God. The only way that's going to happen is if a debt is paid. The only way that Philemon and Onesimus can be fully and finally reconciled is if a Zacchaeus kind of situation happens and he goes back and writes all the wrongs. And Paul steps in and says, I am willing to do that. And this is exactly what our Savior does for us. We come to God desiring to repent and return, and God desires to receive and restore us, but he cannot do that apart from the debt that we owe being paid. And that's exactly what God does in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ stands before us tonight, and he says to every one of you who are sitting around this table tonight, if he, Greg Longtime, God, Jesus speaking to God the Father, if he, Greg Longtime, has wronged you at all or owes you anything, charge that to my account. I, Jesus Christ, write this with my own hand, I will repay it. And that is why we come around the table tonight to celebrate that good gift. Because Jesus, has, the third party, has stepped in to mediate the conflict, right the wrongs, accept the charges, pay the debt. So tonight as we gather around the Lord's Supper, let's own our Onesimus-ness, our Onesimus-ness, our sinfulness, and let's repent and let's return. But let's also remember that we have a Philemon, a God far better than Philemon. We have a God who is eager to receive us and restore us because our Jesus has paid our debt. So let's go back to the table tonight rejoicing in that great truth. Let's pray together one more time. Father, we thank you so much uh, for the the clear the clarity of your word, which teaches uh, even right here the very gospel that we gather tonight to uh, to glorify. Thank you, Lord Jesus Christ, for paying our debt, for accepting all of our charges, and for more than that, giving us your perfect righteousness, whereby as we sit around the table tonight, we know ourselves to be your sons, your brothers. Thank you for the privilege of being of being your disciple, but more than that, thank you so much for being the privilege of being your own. And we we just gather tonight with with great joy. Thank you for this reminder from your word um, that Jesus has fully discharged our debt, and may we, as a result, be eager and desirous of 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 not holding anyone's sin against them. 
just as you have not held our sin against us. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.